Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast, the best shows on TV, and I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. And tonight, guys, you Outsider fans, we're pretty excited. We have Keith Gregory, exclusive interview with him. Um, Plays Jake Murphy on the show. That's right, big Jake Murphy. I've, we've, I've always had a, a good laugh at this character. Uh, he's one of my favorite characters on the show. <laughs> yeah, just... there's no doubt. And this last episode, we just saw him on 112, the all hell. Uh, you know, he had some moments here that made me laugh. Very stereotypical good. moments. Yes, very, very stereotypical. <laughs> and of course, he pulls them off great because I don't look at it and go, oh, gosh. You know, instead, I'm getting a good laugh, good giggle. He's, mm-hmm. he's doing his part. Keith, good to have you on the show, man. We're super excited. You took a few minutes for us to, uh, you know, hang out and talk with us for this interview. Um, I can't tell you enough how much we've actually really enjoyed your character, Jake Murphy. We actually we made a mistake the last pod and called you Jack Murphy back. Well, let's not say we over here. Yeah. There was one culprit. Yeah, one culprit. But uh, Jake Murphy, we, we, we wanted you to know uh, we, we've always enjoyed the character since the beginning. We've always had this kind of stereotypical uh, situation of uh, being the, the redneck of the group, the guy with the, the classic wife beater and the hat turned around backwards. You know, is this right. was, was this a was this a casting call that was made from heaven? Is this you in real life? <laughs> I think it's a little bit of everything. First of all, thanks for having me. I, um, I'm a huge fan of, of you guys, and you know, I heard like I just said when I heard the first uh, pod from you know, episode one, I was like, okay, these guys are are funny, and you know, they, I kind of like your insight. I like that you're honest. You're not just a fan. You're, you you critique the show too. So I, I, I became a fan pretty quick, but. As far as the, uh, yeah, I know what As far as the character goes, you know, uh, when I was in with, uh, you know, with wardrobe and doing everything there, trying, you know, different clothes on, different hats, trying to get the different looks, and, you know, they gave me that one hat, and, you know, I, I put it on, and, you know, got dressed, and, and uh, she was looking at me up and down, trying to figure out if she liked it. She turned around to get her camera, and when she turned around, I grabbed my hat and flipped it backwards because it just, you know, felt better that way. I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, that's but, how we wear it. Uh, well, that's how I wear every hat I own, pretty much is that way, you know. The only time I flip a hat around forward is if the sun's really shining and I need something big straight to shave my eyes. So. <laughs> there we go. At least you're not one of those people with their hand over with the bill still on the back. Yeah, the classic, classic. So what? what what's, so what? How did we get associated with outsiders? How did this get started? For me, yeah. Uh, like, well, the, the funny thing is, um, uh, you know, I I'm in, I audition all the time for shows. Uh, Donna Belichick casts uh, anything that comes through Pittsburgh, and uh, you know, so I get, get a call from her, and, and uh, I had to tape an audition. And, and here's the funny story: is I actually uh, initially auditioned for Brief. <laughs> really? And, uh, yeah, and, and I did well. I had a really good audition. Everything went good. And um, and then I didn't get it. And I was so depressed. I was, and, I, and I, I've been doing it long enough that I don't really get angry. But just, you know, this whole story was like, you know, right in my wheelhouse. You know, real laid back, you know, kind of. I'm not a country guy. I actually grew up in Pittsburgh. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm just a laid back guy. And, uh, I didn't get it, so I was like, crap, oh well, and then, you know, a few weeks later, I get a call, says, hey, listen, we got another character, this guy named Jake Murphy, reoccurring, uh, at least six episodes, so I read for it, you know, it went well, uh, and then I had to travel up to Pittsburgh, uh, and uh, do the callback there with uh, Michael Tripp, uh, the director of episode three, okay. and 
and we're happy you did, brother, because uh, you, you do Jake Murphy perfect. Yeah, thanks. We really, really enjoy it. So, tell me this. We, we, we've, we've interviewed a few other people from cast and crew, and we've kind of heard that, you know, the everybody's kind of segregated. You have people who are up on the mountain. You have people down in the city and so on. And what what is that true? Are y'all kind of separated with different groups, different cliques, different like that? And what's your experience with those other actors? Oh, absolutely. I, I wouldn't call it clique. It's it's uh, a necessary evil of how they're filming the show. You have you have three primary locations. You have the hill where all the ferals are. You know, yeah. That's a separate separate location in this town called Neroville, uh, and it's about you know, twenty five minutes from the center of the city of Pittsburgh. And then the town of Blackbird is this little town called Millville, and that's about ten minute drive the other direction from the city. And then the last location is the studio in the city where all the interiors are for the stuff. So what ends up happening is, you know, they film two episodes in one block uh, for a certain period of time and they'll set base camp maybe in the feral, you know, compound. So for those number of days that they're there, you're only shooting feral stuff. So us town folk we, we didn't work. You know, unless, of course, we're driving up a mountain to burn buildings or, you know, <laughs> 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 it's probably way it was really fun. Anyways, uh, and then they would move locations to the, to the, the you know, to Blackbird to build them. And in that case, you'd never see the old people. I mean, I never met Ryan Hurst once um, until uh, actually the last day of filming. Uh, I never met uh, uh, Jillian once. Uh playing Gwen at all, never met her at all, wow. and, uh, but, you know, of course I got to know Joe well, because of the, you know, the few scenes we were together, the fight team, and the, the town hall meeting, obviously I got to know Cal, Cal really well, because we had a lot of scenes together, with, you know, having a, a polite conversation in my basement. Um, <laughs> yeah, real polite. <laughs> nice and friendly. Well, polite, you know, we <laughs> talked, we did the answer. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, lastly, was there in the studio where we shot interiors of, of whatnot. So yeah, the, the, we were completely segregated just because of that. Um, you know, so yeah, like you know, I listened to your interview with Ed. I've never met him. Never met him once. You know? Wow, that is that's crazy. Yeah, you know, there, there was the one scene where you know Big Foster chases you know the the three of us and and he came in late. And I'm not exaggerating. The only time I ever saw him while he was sitting in that little uh, gear that he was trying—that's it. Never talked to him. So it is—it is like there were two completely television shows being shot at one time. Wow! Wow! So how was that hike up the mountain? Was it, was it as um, bad as it looked? <laughs> well, the truth is, it would have really, really sucked. I mean, you, you would see like the the, the camera guys with their cart full of stuff pushing it, you know, up and down those hills. The truth was, uh, we got driven down. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate the honesty. It's kinda, it, yeah, it's kind of, you, you kind of feel like a bit of a toll because here I am, you know, a big six foot two guy and all this mess and I'm riding this little gator and as we're going down, there's this like a hundred, you know, ten pound girl carrying like 15 tables and cords and stuff, like struggling 
going up the hill, and I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> so we're going by, I'm like... Uh, so not much chivalry going on, huh? <laughs> um, I'm sorry, you broke up, I couldn't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> good, 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 good. Now, I heard you describe your physique there. Now, IMDB has listed you as a former football player... And, uh, you know, maybe even a musical talent. Tell us about the old football days. What kind of position and stuff? We want to know a little bit more about the old Keith. <laughs> okay, so when I was a little Keith, uh, I started playing football when I was about eight years old. And uh, I primarily played linebacker, uh, outside linebacker. And then once I got up into junior high school, I ended up playing uh, center and linebacker. And that was because our offense actually pulled our center. So I was quicker than most. Uh, but I ended up stopped playing football my 10th grade year and focused uh, primarily on volleyball. Uh, so, but yeah, I'm a lifelong football guy. I love it. So are we, are we a Pittsburgh Steelers fan or what? Is this safe uh, to assume? I am a diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I, I have three children. Uh, I live in Virginia now. I've lived here for... Oh my heavens, uh, since 1991, I've lived in Virginia, and uh, I have three kids, 21, 17, 13, and to tell you how I am about the Steelers, one time my youngest son, probably he's about 8 to 10, came home one day and told me he was a Dallas fan. Oh no. no. Was he Dallas? Uh, yeah, I'm like, uh, hold on, I'm like, why? And he's like, well, Johnny's, you know, a fan, I'm like, Really? Okay, hold on. Let's call Johnny's dad because you're moving in with him. <laughs> and, and I told him he didn't have a choice. And had a, to be I fed him bread and water for two nights until he changed his mind. He was oh, I love that hard there. Uh, the, there are Pittsburgh fans that are beating their chest right now. They're, they're very proud of that story right yeah, there. There's terrible towels everywhere. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, so each one of my kids has their own terrible towels. And yes, we are. We are. Can't go wrong. That's awesome. Oh, man, love to hear that. And we, we read about the musical and everything. Are you going to try to do something on the show like that? Are we going to hear any singing or playing of instruments? I don't know. You know, I, I'm just, you know, I look at my character as whatever they're going to tell me to do. I'm a minor character that's just supporting the main storyline. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, yeah, sure, if, if Peter wants to go ahead and Peter Mateo wants to go ahead and put something in there where I'd sing, I could do it, um, but, uh, yeah, I grew up singing, I, I, I sang uh, in sixth grade uh, with the Pittsburgh Symphony, and then I did musicals all through high school, and, and even when I got out of high school, I toured the U.S., uh, Canada, and Europe with the, the singing group, uh, and then, uh, oddly, I, I joined the Navy after I finished doing <laughs> that. that. That's a common step to go with, yes. I know, right? That's the first thing you think of, singing around the country and the globe, and then join the Navy. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> well, I mean, they always portray the Navy as doing all these musicals on their movie sets and everything. So, yeah, I can see it happening. <laughs> well, you know what? Every movie, there's always a guy in a sailor outfit, so maybe there's something subconsciously going on there. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? So, let me but ask you, let me I ask you this, Keith. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Um... What do you what do you feel like? Uh, you know, I know we only have one episode left of Outsiders. Are we going to get to see how good of a shot you are? Yes. <laughs> I haven't seen the trailer yet, so uh, I can't say. Uh, well, I, I know. I, 
Uh, what was in the trailer? Because I haven't seen it. Have you seen it? Well, the trailer has shown us that um, that the police and group make it to the mountain, and they're running around for their lives saying they're here and they're here, and we see Stash or Thomas Wright, you know, at a door getting ready to kick one in. A few little, little tidbits like that, so... If there's any little tidbit you can sneak our way, we won't tell anybody unless they listen to the podcast. <laughs> right, right. I, I will say that I do end up on the mountain, uh, yes. and I, I'm causing issues. So, yeah, that's that's what I'll say. That's what I'm talking about. Can you tell us a little bit about the atmosphere of like the uh, scene that we just had with Stash, where you just had the whole riot going? Was it really uh, that was intense? intense? That was intense, because... Uh, uh, Stash, <laughs> Thomas, I mean, as we've all seen, because, you know, it's kind of crazy because it's two separate shows. I'm a fan of the show, too, because really, you know, yeah, okay, you read the scripts, but I haven't seen any of the Feral stuff, so, and, and really what Thomas is doing on his own, you don't get to see a lot of that, so, you know, the transition he's made from being this complete moron, man, that, that scene, he was so in and, uh, no doubt. I mean, He's turned it, it up a it, notch. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, the thing is, is even, even, even as an actor who, you know, of course, they clear all the weapons. I mean, that was a live shotgun, you know. And, you know, we knew there was nothing in there as far as any rounds or anything. But, you know, you have to take a pause for a second because, you know, he's playing that right in your face. And, and he, he played that so well. It wow. was scary in the moment, you know, and, and there's something about him, too, I, I don't know if you've heard this, but, you know, every time he'd come, you know, into work, he would talk the entire day in his dialect, in his accent, he, he, you know, obviously, you know, he's not from the U.S., and so, you know, he, actually, the first time I heard his Australian accent was at the rap party, I was like, whoa, whoa, I didn't that, <laughs> but, uh, you know, other things, you know, he was very, very committed. I mean, I've worked with some people and, you know, you've seen, you've heard of Method and, and different actors who immerse themselves. I wouldn't say, like, you know, I know a guy who didn't shower for like a month so he could be homeless. He didn't, he didn't do that, but he committed himself to the roles. Even, even early on when we had that town hall meeting and, you know, we were breaking for dinner and stuff, he's eating like saltines and, and grapes. I was like, oh, that's a healthy diet. He's like, well, he goes, that's about what an oxycodone freak would probably eat, so that's what I'll eat. So, well, that's commitment guys, there. That's commitment. Yeah, I, he's good. I couldn't say I'd do the same. No, saltines and grapes aren't high on my list. No, there's no doubt there. There's zero doubt there. All right, so the, what, random question. Did you shoot out the headlight? Just going to put it out there. <laughs> Did I shoot what? I lost you. The headlight, you know, the you know, the made him go. No, into. no, and actually, if it, I, I, I think I saw it in a preview. If you hear the shot happens, you hear one yell, someone yells, "Hey!" and then Thomas, you know, the the stash, you know, starts screaming. I was the one who actually yelled, "Hey!" Like, who was the idiot that did that? No, it was a guy. It was in the in the back row, like right between um, Pat and, uh, and James. I'm happy you clarified that because the, the 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 episode you had no idea. Yeah, what shot we, we had from. nothing. We thought it was someone on the front line actually because y'all were so bundled up. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't us. 
That's all good. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have any kind of uh, unique special stories or anything? Any special interactions with any other actors? Anything? Anybody a prankster? What's, what's your, how do people view Keith on the show? You know, on the, in the working grounds? No, I don't think there's any pranksters. I think that, you know, uh, you know Pat, James, and I, you know, so Mark, Tariq, and myself, we, we became pretty close because we were most, most of the scenes, we were all together. Uh, no pranksters. The only thing I can say that might have been something that was like an attribute to Keith is uh, even though I'm kind of a tool on the show and I'm not a nice guy and I do bad things, I'm actually like a big teddy bear. And, you know, being that I'm from Pittsburgh, my, my in-laws still live in Pittsburgh out by the airport. And... My mother-in-law makes uh, zucchini bread, and she makes, you know, just plain zucchini bread. She makes this, like, chocolate zucchini bread that is, like, a dessert so good. Well, um, I made the, I'm not going to call it the mistake, cause, but I asked her to make me one, and I brought it in for hair and makeup and wardrobe and the PAs all at the base camp, and, you know, it, it kind of got to the point when I'd come in and people were like wondering whether or not I had had some cake for the peaches. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Keith, when the interview is over, we're going to send you an address for some of that uh, cake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're expecting the most yeah. You've set the tone. <laughs> oh, it's good. My, my, uh, my wife and her sister have been trying to convince her mom to sell it to like the local farmer's market for years. <laughs> oh, Lord. Lord. Well, Keith, we, we, we've seen some of the other, you're the outsiders, but what's some other work you're proud of that you've been a part of you can tell us about? Um, you know, I, 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 I was really, really thrilled to work on um, Unstoppable with, uh, that's a dream movie that Denzel Washington Chris Pine. That now, movie, now, correct me if I'm wrong before, I'm going to cut you off, Keith, just, just for yeah. a second. Are you one of the two or three guys that, like, the tra you let the train get away from you? Was that? Was that? Was no, it? no, no. Oh, I know you're thinking about. No, I wish I was him. I kind of, I kind of got to shorten the stick on that particular job because uh, a, a long story made short was that there's a scene where the the these train officials try and derail the train and they put this apparatus on the track. Correct. And there's this this guy giving an interview. He's like a railroad official. Okay. That's the scene. That's the scene that I worked on, and I was a, a state trooper who was like the head of the whole scene. You know, there was there was like 250 extras and firefighter and police uniforms and like six fire trucks. I mean, it was a crazy scene. And myself and that gentleman needed to run up a small grade that was like you know 15, 20 feet, but really steep. He couldn't run. He couldn't run up the thing, so they ended up just cutting everything. I worked for like a week on this thing, so the only thing that's left is my voice. So my, I still got the credit for it, and I'm still in the film. But working there was a thrill because, you know, I got to work with um, Tony Scott, who, by the way, was hilarious, the nicest guy, funniest crap. When I auditioned with him, I mean, he didn't let me leave the audition room for like 20 minutes because he just kept talking my head off nicest guy in the world um unfortunately he's, he's since passed um yeah it's very but, sad uh, yeah it was kind of sad but 
that was really cool. The other cool thing is something that's never gone public. I did a student film probably 10 years ago with Pat Morita, Mr. Miyagi. Oh. And uh, that was really, really, it was an amazing experience because, you know, one, working with him, he was an incredibly gifted actor. But secondly, the wisdom. It was like, as soon as everybody would go away, and it was he and I just sitting there waiting for them to set the lights and stuff. He was just pouring all this wisdom into me on what to do as an actor and, you know, how to navigate the industry and all this stuff. So that that's something that, that is awesome. never gets seen, but um, I'm really proud of that's for sure. Have you implemented any of that into the show? Uh, yeah. I mean, the, one of the biggest advice he told me was don't ever think anything. He's like, you know, there's a time and a place if, if you're, you know, like I think, I think what Stash is doing where he has to really go from the bottom of, of life, you know, all the way, you know, full character arc. You need to really think about that and work through that. But he was like, when you're in the moment and when you're acting a part, don't ever think it. You know, you've, you've done your research, you know what the character's supposed to be, just let it happen. You know, just go with it. And then, then he said, trust your directors. You know, a director is going to look at you and say, because one of the problems a lot of actors have is they want validation. They want to be told, oh, that was good, oh, that was that. And, you know, early on, everybody does that. They're like, turn around looking, oh, how was that? Well, uh, you know, a good director will tell you what they want, and then if you do it, they move on. They don't, they don't tell you great job or anything. You just have to know that I, you know, I just didn't overthink it. I, I did my preparation. I did it. And if he doesn't say anything, that means I did it right. We can move on to the next scene. So it's kind of like the old football plays. You just got to move on to the next one. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're loving you on the show and everything, and we're wondering if there's any future endeavors that we can catch you in. Do you have any plays or any other shows that you're working on besides Season 2 coming up? Nope. I keep auditioning. I think in the last uh, two weeks I've had five auditions. So, you know, it's just the, the grind of going to auditions, going to auditions, and hope you get the next one. So, yeah, cross my fingers. Hopefully maybe it'll bring me back next season, and uh, I can keep working on this. But that's all I got in the fire right now. Well, let me tell you, we, like I said again, we're not blowing your skirt up, brother. We, we, we really enjoy what you do for the show. Uh, we really, really, really pleased that you decided to sit and talk with us about the show and, you know, your life and career and your family and zucchini bread. And do not yes. forget, we are expecting a loaf of zucchini bread. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, before, before we cut the interview uh, down and start that, is there anything you want to tell any of the outsider fans or anything else that you, you know, you want to put out there for yourself? We're all ears. You know, everybody we've interviewed in the past, they've always had, you know, uh, not everybody, but somebody's, they might have had something like Ed was a part of a, you know, a coalition for the 22 push-ups, the 22 push-up deal. And, uh, you know, Mr. Tolan, you know, from outsiders, he was talking about different things and he bragged on a, a lot of you guys and your actors stuff. But I mean, just how professional and easy it is to work with everyone on the show. But is there anything, uh, you know, you want to put out there for any reason about outsiders or your career or anything? No, I think one thing I'll just say is, and first of all, thank you to the fans. It's really cool to, you know, see the interaction that they have and how excited they are to to talk to you and to, you know, if you tweet them or, or put something on Facebook, that's really cool. It's a nice experience. It's, it's good to know that people really care about the show. And, and it's kind of fun, too, because, you know, our characters, you know, isn't, isn't really liked. You know, 
amount of love that I got whenever we, you know, beat the crap out of Hazel in our in, in my basement was, you know, good. You know, if you're if you're the villain on the show and everybody hates you, that means you're doing something right. Yeah, you did so your I job love, pretty well. Yeah, yeah, I love the interaction. The one thing that I could say is, you know, the crew was phenomenal. You know, it, the the production assistants for people who don't know, production assistants on a film set are are the gophers. You know, they don't always, you know, get paid. You know what everyone else gets paid, and you know they kind of have the roughest job because they always end up doing the crap, you know, job. But the thing that I love about the crew and you know, the production assistants on Outsiders is they were just genuinely good people. You know, you could see that you know they might have got yelled at by someone, you know, within the crew to higher up, and but then they turned around and had to work with me, and you know they were just super nice. And, you know, I, I can appreciate, you know, that because, you know, going back to you asked me how it was like walking up in those hills, you know, we get to ride in on carts. You know, if it's rainy, when you're under umbrellas, they're not, you know, they sacrifice uh, because they just want to be a part of this industry and they, you know, they have a dream of, you know, directing one day and, you know, that, the way the PAs and the way the Pittsburgh crew was uh, when I was filming was fantastic. That would be my shout. Hey, man, you know, that, that's an awesome shout-out. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's probably one of the best ones we've heard ever, Keith, and uh, I think a lot of people will appreciate hearing that. I mean, it really shows. I mean, y'all are definitely like one big family, and it's showing on the TV show with how much y'all respect one another all throughout the craft, and just the little things that are getting done on the show is wonderful. Well, Keith, again, really, really appreciate you uh, taking a few minutes out of your time. And I know you're a busy fella, and we, we, we definitely want to say thank you for uh, joining our cast. And uh, we wish you uh, a lot of prosper and a lot of good luck on your future auditions. And, and we can't wait to see you next week. Yeah, next week, as well as next season, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That sounds good. <laughs> well, Keith, uh, again, appreciate you. We're gonna we're gonna call it, cut it tonight here and tell everybody we really appreciate everybody listening. Y'all can always check us on Bleed TV. Uh, we have our Facebook page. We have our Twitter at Bleed TV Podcast, um, and we'll be uh, looking forward to the season finale and maybe another interview or two. And uh, can't wait to see whether or not Keith's a crack shot with that rifle or not, or if he's gonna be struggling to get up the mountain. But uh, other than that, we're gonna call it, cut it loose, and uh, we'll see y'all next week.